everyone, and welcome again to Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. I am Brandon Cruz, so far as I can tell. And with me today, I have a very special guest, and I, I think I have your last name right. Uh, I, was, I was worried about the, uh, the pronunciation. Claspel? Uh, Claspel. Claspel. Ah. The second one, yeah. Okay, okay. So I have to rem- remember it as Godspell. <laughs> that works. I uh, pronounce it either Claspel or Claspel. Yeah. I've always pronounced it Claspel, but I mean, who knows, man? <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> uh, you know, that's it's same thing with cruise. You know, people are like uh, cruise. They they have like an, an e at the end. Or there's like Spanish pronouncing the z's with like a cruise. Yeah, cruise, cruise, or or, or or they use my last name as, as like a crutch. So I don't know what, <laughs> like check, like check those ones. <laughs> Anyways, uh, anyway, you're you're an improv superstar, and oh, you can find that's, Sarah. That's yeah, you you can you can find you, uh-huh. you can find you, and everybody else can find you. Frequencing the UCB circuit. Uh, your your main team is Cardinal Redbird, right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tuesday nights, eleven o'clock, UCB Franklin. <laughs> Got my my whole spiel. Um, <laughs> well, you can you can give your spiel now, and you can give it at the end of the show. You can give it whenever you want because you're my you are my special guest, and I appreciate. I will it. give it constantly. <laughs> uh, Cardinal Redbird Tuesday nights eleven o'clock UCB Franklin. Uh, just every five minutes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and we're first talking about this episode, also Cardinal Redbird uh, Tuesdays. <laughs> Uh, but but thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate having you. Uh, for sure, thanks for having. Me. It is a it is a long time coming. Uh, my hiatus, my laziness is is affecting one and all. Uh, <laughs> Both just got too busy too. You had a hiatus, and then you came back, and we planned a date, and then I got really busy, and then so we've been planning this for like six months. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this, yeah. I have not planned anything that long. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not. Sh- I'm not certain what I'm having for dinner for my son tonight. So, um, <laughs> wait. You have a child, and yeah. you're married, and you haven't planned anything for six months. Nope. <laughs> nope. I I don't know how any of that happened. <laughs> right. You might just live by the seat of your pants. I woke. Uh, yeah, I woke up from a dream, and and here we are. <laughs> and every time I wake up, I I have the same dream, but with the different characters. Uh, which is a good, yeah. which is a good a, segue. Hey, oh, uh, episode. which is shadow play, uh, originally aired May 1st of 1961 stars Dennis Weaver as, uh, the main, the main character, Adam, I believe his name is, and mm-hmm. di- directed by John Brom and teleplay by Charles Beaumont. The, the synopsis quick, simple to the point, a man convicted for murder and sentenced to death by electric chair tries to convince a district attorney and really anybody else who will listen to him that he is re- reliving his execution every night as part of a dream. Dust my hands off. There you go. <laughs> it is wild. <laughs> so Sarah, uh, what, what are your initial thoughts on, on this episode? Um, I loved, I haven't seen um, a twilight zone in a long time. Um, and it was so refreshing and great. Um, this episode in particular was just very, um, the sets and the, the way it was staged felt very theatrical. Yeah. It felt, uh, and I guess that makes perfect sense for this is in a dream. 
we found out this isn't a dream, but it is um, just everything was superb. I thought the acting was great. Um, and it was a really interesting take on uh, this guy who's just living this nightmare night after night after night. Right, right. Do you, uh, were were there any initial kind of comparisons to any other um, references, like any other media that like this this dream kind of state reminded you of? Hmm. Um. It, it was kind of yeah. Uh, actually, when he first said. God, I can't remember exactly what he said, but like, not again, or this happens every day. Um, I was like, oh, this is Groundhog Day-ish. Yeah. Um, he's just reliving this every day, but it is um, not his day. I uh, There were some things that I, I felt were some loopholes that I guess didn't really matter um, for the uh, sake of the plot, but I was, I was just curious, like, what is his real life like outside of this dream? Um, what is his waking life like? Um, cause he didn't talk about that at all. All he talked about was I'm in this nightmare. I'm living this every, every night. Um, but it's gotta, it has to affect his days and I'm sure what's happening during his days will affect his nightmares. Yeah. Ab- interesting. Yeah, absolutely. That was watching this episode. It's another one where I, I'd seen it before, but it's, it's just in kind of in the back of my mind. And then I have to, I, I see the title. I'm like, I, I think I know what that's about. Um, but rewatching it, that was kind of the thought I had was, oh, he's not stuck in a dream. He wake he wakes up every day and he has to go to work or you know, take care of his kid, maybe plan a meal, uh, plan guests to interview on his podcast a few months down the road. <laughs> you, you know, there's, there's things that he experiences during the day what is that life like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, and I think of like in this episode, he, I, he talks a lot about, um, using movies as a reference of what the jail is like, because he, he says, you know, all this is too perfect. The execution at midnight, the dude on the harmonica mm-hmm. and the reason it's also perfect in that way is because he sees it in movies. He doesn't know how it really is. Yeah. Um, it really feels it all felt like, like an improv version of a, of a jail where, uh, the people in the scene have never been to jail, but this is maybe what it's like based on movies. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was a really good depiction of kind of what it's like to be dreaming when you're like, you're in a dream and you're like, oh, I'm at my grandma's house, but this doesn't really look like my grandma's house, but I accept the fact that it is, um, or that, um, yeah, uh, how different people would come in and be the district, the district attorney, like, uh, the first full episode or the first full dream that we see it's one guy and then he dies and then it kind of resets um, for the next night. And, uh, one of the other players is playing the district attorney and things like that. So if I felt like the depiction of dream life was really interesting where, yeah, you're in a dream and you're like, this doesn't really make sense, but I guess I'll just keep going with it. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know why my mom is, uh, my Sunday school teacher, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. You know, that's maybe she, you know, restudied <laughs> for, for that. Um, yeah, and 
and, you know, with that, you know, he there's a part where he's in the prison and he's looking at the the priest who's giving him his last rites. He's like, I remember you. I know your face from somewhere. Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, you're you're uh you're this guy <laughs> you're this old father um mm-hmm. and just like you know kind of cutting and and pasting people from your life into this this dreamland where everything's crazy but it makes sense i didn't even think about this when i originally uh when we talked about this episode and and, and having you on for this episode but you you brought up the good point about improv and and really this this switching characters around and mm-hmm. You mentioned a little bit of improv as far as this episode goes. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, on um, kind of <laughs> <laughs> like rambling. I, th- I think I know what you're talking about, but let me know if I'm wrong. Um, yeah, in improv comedy, I know this isn't an improv podcast, but uh, I do improv comedy, which is uh, theater comedy that is made up on the spot, and um, I play. Uh, everyone who does it, you're, you're constantly playing different sorts of characters that are not yourself. Um, sometimes I play big fratty dudes, which I love doing because that's, I'm not a big fratty dude. I'm <laughs> none of those things at all. Uh, but it is uh, playing different characters, but also in different scenarios. Um, even as simple as I might play a pilot in a scene. Um, I've driven a car. I've never, I've never piloted a plane, but um <laughs> taking all of the things that I know from real life and that I know from movies is kind of, um, yeah, is what we do in those scenes. And it really related to this episode in that way of, oh yeah, he, he pointed out, um, I've never been to, I've never been in jail and I don't know why I would be executed at midnight, but that's what they do in the movies. So I guess that's what's going to happen every night in my dreams. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that's that. I think that answers my question. I wasn't sure what my question was (laughs) because it's it, but it's perfect for for what we're we're going with it. Um, Yeah, because I I feel like dreams in some way are just again that just that living in the moment and just making making crap up as as we go, and Mm -hmm. like your dream starts in one spot. And maybe we'll use Sunday school as an example again. And then you end up, uh, you know, sailing down a river in a bathtub made of cheese. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know Great it, dream. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> yeah, I, ha- I have it at least once, once a quarter. <laughs> uh, uh, so I, I think, I think the, the concept of like a recurring dream in that case then is, is, is weird to me that I would have the, that I would have the same dream over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, have you had a recurring dream? N- there's the only dream I can remember having more than once was when I was a kid getting chased by Jason from Friday the 13th. Ooh. And I would, I would go into a barn and hide underneath a barn in like a stall. And then he would be, he'd come into the room looking for me. And I'd always wake up like as he looks underneath the stall at me. Yeah. And I, I had it like twice, three times. Yeah. You know, yesterday. I, um, <laughs> I never had a recurring dream, but I did one summer when I was a kid. I had a, a series of dreams that all took place at the MTV Beach House. Oh. Because <laughs> I think I was probably just watching too much television. <laughs> um, I don't know if they do an MTV Beach House anymore, but... 
they used to have their entire summer uh, VJs hanging out at this beach. And yeah, there was a bunch of dreams I had in a row of just me hanging out at the beach house. The next day it's me and Dan Cortez at the beach house. (laughs) Hey, there's, there's summer Sanders. Uh, Yeah. The the nineties. What a, what a time to live. The best time. (laughs) So Uh, no, not a night, a recurring nightmare, but uh, a, kind of recurring dream like, a recurring location i guess yeah a recurring theme dream mm-hmm. <laughs> i see yeah. i see uh, we, for 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 this guy you, you know the the whole theory of dreams having theories and having hidden meanings um i mean we we like to assume that he didn't actually kill anybody and mm-hmm. that he's he's being punished for some reason is that mm-hmm. There's, I don't see any reason why he would be punished, but I mean, that that's why I, I guess I'm what I'm trying to say is, I if he didn't do anything wrong, it feels unordinarily cruel to like punish him for like, hey, okay. uh, feel this electrocution every single night. Uh, what do you think the meaning could be behind this? Him having this dream? It's interesting because he he didn't relate the dream to his real life, um, not in a dream interpretive sort of way, how, you know, sometimes we'll have dreams and later on wake up and be like, Oh, I was, uh, mad at my sister in that dream, which must mean that whatever, whatever. Um, he related it to wanting to communicate to the people in the dream that they existed in the dream. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so fascinating because yeah, he wasn't, um, he wasn't super focused on himself being like, what does this mean? Or, um, I have to get out of this necessarily. He wasn't, um, I mean, I, I'm not sure how many times he'd had the dream. He'd had it many times, of course, but not so much that it seemed like he was trying new things or trying to like break out in some way, or I don't know, use dream logic to like, make something appear. I don't know. That's, that's what I tried to do in my dreams when I realized they're a dream. I'm like, Oh, I can do whatever I want. I'm going to fly. Um, but his main, uh, his main thing was to try and communicate. Um, and I think this is what is extra twilight zoney is just telling the characters in his dream who are, they were all the same when we saw the second iteration of the dream, um, trying to communicate to them that they were just like, pawns in this in in a part of his brain uh, which i found so interesting um that he just wanted to tell them even though they're just some weird memories that he has um yeah i thought right. that was interesting yeah that, that is that is really interesting and it, and it begs the question what is his point of telling telling them if he knows that he knows it's a dream he knows that he's going to wake up regardless of if he gets electrocuted or not He's, he's basically, it's almost as if he's punishing them over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I don't. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I agree. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned him not trying to change anything or, or, or pull in, you know, uh, like, all right, here's a, a hook. I don't know. Here's a, here's a key. Here's a prison key. I'm dreaming mm-hmm. up a prison key. He doesn't try to do any of that. I think the only thing maybe that's kind of like that is when he tells the district attorney leaving the prison, Hey, your wife has steak in the oven right now. 
when you get mm-hmm. home, it's going to be something different. Uh, and I think, I think that's the only time we see something like that, but I, yeah, he doesn't even know what's going to be different about it. Yeah. And I can't remember. I don't think he told the district attorney, please call the governor and stop this. Right. I think it was the, um, the reporter and the district attorney yeah. themselves who decided that I almost, uh, yeah, if I were him, I would uh, not, <laughs> I mean, it would make for a less interesting Twilight Zone episode, but I would try and convince him the moment he gets in there, okay, you're, this is what's happening. Tell, you know, when you get home, go home right now. You had steak. It's going to be something different. Call the, um, call the governor and see if we can get this stopped. Yeah. Just to see if, to try and alter that outcome. Because he knows what's going to happen the entire time. And it's, uh, it always ends with a, <laughs> him getting electrocuted. Right. And, and, and to further that he doesn't a little bit earlier, he's talking to the, his fellow inmate and the inmate, he asks the inmate the time and the, the inmate says like nine Oh five, are you waiting for a call from the governor? Mm-hmm. And he says, no, uh, the DA is going to come, come see me. So he, he doesn't, he doesn't even care about the governor's call. He just, he knows yeah. that something's going to happen. And mm-hmm. the, um, so that, that's, it's interesting to me. He just, he doesn't care. He doesn't about, care about escaping. Again, he's informing the, the people. Um, my question is, is, is there any indication that he's trying to r- change the dream or that he's capable of changing the dream? I don't know. Honestly, I don't think so because he he kind of he's annoyed with it, he's upset with it, but he's um I guess only at the beginning when he says to I, I think he screams at the district attorney or something. He's screaming like, uh, you can stop this, stop this from happening um again. Yeah. I I don't want to die again. Um but that kind of seems like the only real change. It almost is the district attorney's, um, his story because he's the one who goes through the change. It's not, um, our main dude, Adam, who, uh, really has any sort of change at all. Yeah. Um, the, the fact that it's the, the district attorney's story, district attorney's story, I I do agree to a, a certain extent with that. It's interesting to me the we're supposed to focus on Dennis Weaver's character Adam, but then the the focus uh the point of view f- switches completely to, you know, this mm-hmm. this reporter and the district attorney. And if this is in Dennis Weaver's dream, uh you know, like why wouldn't I don't know, I guess the the point of view stuff gets a little bit confusing. Uh, I don't know if it was intended on the part of uh, the director, but you know, if it's, if it's his dream, then he should be able to know what's going on on the, on the far end. But yeah. Cause they also talk about how, um, I think it was the reporter that said this, I can't remember, but, um, that when talking to the district to the DA saying like, how do you know, um, uh, like what, why would we exist if, you know, we're part of his dream? Um, and the, 
other person replies, <laughs> whoever these two people are that I'm thinking, I think it's the two of them. Yeah. Um, but then the other one replies like, this is, um, in your dream, you make up a history and you make up this world. Um, and this world all exists. Um, but it does, it is like a weird, interesting thing in your own dreams. When I'm at my grandma's house and she walks out <laughs> is, am I, I'm not really aware of what she does elsewhere in that dream. I don't know. It's a really heady episode. Yeah. Cause it's like, unfo- it's very, um, Oh, what was that dream movie with Leonardo DiCaprio? Um, Oh, inception inception. Yes. Or, yeah. or basketball diaries. Was- <laughs> it's gotta be basketball diaries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It had to be one or the other. I could- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of basketball. Diaries. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's just very, like if you if you peel back the layers, it gets a little gets a little confusing, and mm-hmm. and it it's like time travel in in a certain sense. If you if you try to go too far into uh, the onion, so to speak, then you're like, okay, you know, I'm I'm confused all hell. Let me yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me let me go back to the surface. It's about a man who has a repeating execution dream. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, I we go back we go back to him trying to warn his dream people, and the end of the 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 ending narration uh, that Serling talks about is how how do we know that we're not in a dream, so to speak? What how do we know that this last six months that we've been trying to schedule this episode? <laughs> this was is, all a dream. It, <laughs> we're is, gonna wake up tomorrow and realize we haven't done the podcast yet. <laughs> Oh, and it's six more months of planning. <laughs> uh, uh, can you do it on the 23rd of... Uh, yeah, I think I can. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It was, it was so frustrating. And then uh, but, and we we wouldn't have audio record of this of this that's conversation. True. And that I think that's the biggest tragedy if, mm-hmm. if we wake up. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- there's an episode of Twilight Zone called Perchance a Dream. It's in, it's in season one. Mm-hmm. And in that episode, it's it's also about a recurring, recurring dream, uh, and th- that one's a little bit different in the sense that he's telling he goes into a psychiatrist's office. He tells the psychiatrist about this dream he's he's having over and over again uh, with this Maya the Catwoman who is threatening his life basically. And then at the very end of the episode, he sees the secretary who looks like Maya the Catwoman, and then he goes jumps out the window, and then he kills himself. Ah, and then. The, sh- the scene shifts and it's him lying in the psychiatrist's chair. And the doctor says, he just died all of a sudden. He, he's just laying there and he just died. Um, so there, just the, the differences between the, the, the differences in the loops, I guess is like, this is, this guy's very, very aware that he's in a dream. Uh, this, this episode we're talking about now. And then the other one where he was in a dream the entire time, mm-hmm. but um, it has a, a definitive end to it where he actually dies. <laughs> just the way that um, I would. I think just... I had a point. I think I had a point at one point. <laughs> Is your point that the Twilight Zone writers are just obsessed with dreams? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I would just pay a million dollars to be a writer in that writer's room. That is such an interesting because all they have to do is like, what are we going to do next week? I don't know. What's the craziest thing you could think of? <laughs> um, <laughs> let's write an episode about that. Yes, let's do it. 
<laughs> I, I wonder, because uh, Serling, uh, Beaumont, um, uh, Clayton Johnson, they, they did they did a lot of writing on the show, and, and they didn't, you know, I think the the, the writing room kind of, kind of concept evolved over time, and like, because they, they were more singular writers back back then, I, I think, mm-hmm. if my if my TV history is correct. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I wonder, I wonder how an episode like this would, would change now with, with a lot more input from other folks instead of a singular yeah. vision. But what, do you, what do you think about that? Um, it is interesting because, yeah, I know there, uh, people do get individual episodes to write, but it is with a, uh, depending upon the show, often with a lot of input and pitching and, and rewrites and stuff. It's not usually one person from start to finish. who's like, I wrote this thing. Great. We'll put it up. It's perfect. <laughs> right, right. Which is probably not exactly how the twilight zone was made anyway, but yeah, I bet there would, it would be different though. We're still getting a lot of like really interesting, weird, uh, sort of sci-fi shows and episodes of things like, um, um, I haven't seen it, but I assume black mirror is similar. Um, I gotta see that show. It's very, but. it's very good. Season three is gonna be out soon. So you got. I'll catch. I'll catch up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put this on pause. Um, give me like twelve hours. I'll catch up. Got it. Got it. All right, everyone. We'll be back. <laughs> Hold on. We're not gonna. We're not gonna pause. We're just gonna go away. So this is gonna be a very long episode. <laughs> uh, just, just silence and like hear the airplanes fly over my head. So, <laughs> or it's just. Um, through both of our mics, we're just hearing me watching Black Mirror, right. <laughs> like very quietly in the background. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then just hear like the advertisements in between if you're watching it on like Hulu or something like that. I don't think it's on Hulu, but <laughs> we're like, oh no, I need to pause it. I need to eat some food. Yeah. <laughs> Every uh, now, and then walk by, you yeah. see a cat tail here and there. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, kid, put that down. <laughs> uh, if if you were. It, if you were in the writer's room for this episode, I'll mm-hmm. throw this, I'll throw this out there. Great. If you were if you're in the writer's room for this episode, is there anything that you would change or maybe add or take away? Hmm. I might um cuz it really depends on they went for a very specific angle here of wanting to him wanting to let the people in the dream know that this is a dream, um, to try and change it. Um, I, I wonder if, um, I think I would want to add just a little bit of like what is going on in his real life. Um, cause yeah, I feel like our dreams are affected by our real life more than our real life is affected by our dreams, mm-hmm. at least in, in my case. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'll have a bad dream and maybe it will like ruin my morning, but more often than not, uh, I will have a weird day or a great day or something will happen and it will affect my dream. I'll see someone in my dream that I saw that day or something I was thinking about. Um, so I, I wonder what is making this guy, I'm sure he's, uh, I'm going to assume that he's, uh, in his real life, he wants to punish himself. I'm sure he's feeling guilty and terrible about something. Um, and that's why he has this dream over and over every night. Um, I don't know if that would change the 
the the scope or not the scope, but the uh, the aim of the episode. But that would be interesting to me. I think something popped into my head as you're saying that, like even if even if it's a single line where he's talking to a character and he says as a character, yeah, I just, I met you today. I got coffee yeah. with. I was behind you in line getting coffee. Yeah. Even, even, even something like that would have given us a hint into his, his existence outside of the dream. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, that, that's cool. That's, that, that's awesome. Yeah. Writing is super interesting to me and that, that you and others are so good at it uh, <laughs> impresses the hell out of me. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been doing it for a long time so practice uh, makes perfect it does somebody says <laughs> somebody said it and that person was you so <laughs> I'm perfect you're right <laughs> quote, quote Brandon Cruz um are there are there any other like stray observations or thoughts you have on on the episode that you you wanted to bring up um it is uh I just, it, this is kind of going over what we already said, but it's so interesting just the the way that the episode kind of unfolds. Um, it starts out with just a real, uh, like a close-up on this guy, and then the the light, It's and it looks like a, a stage. It looks like this guy is on stage, and he has like a, a real tight spotlight on him, and then light fills the room, uh, and then you see that they're in a courtroom. Um and it is so interesting the way just the, the camera angles and things like that, um, because if it is in a dream, it's probably it's all from this guy's perspective. But there are some different, especially in the first scene, different angles of when the um, uh, when the juror says you're uh, we find you guilty. It's a real uh, low angle on this guy. You're looking up at his face um, and it it's an interesting dramatic uh dramatic angle and a dramatic way to to show that but it is also i wonder if this is how this guy is perceiving it in his dream um just because yeah we in our dreams it's not always like a straightforward narrative and you're not sometimes you you think you're somewhere and you end up being somewhere else and but i wonder if that's how he is seeing it every single time with those big dramatic angles or if that was kind of just an intro but i either way i i was very um impressed by the cinematography of it I right thought it was cool. right do, do you think do you think that's what's meant by the, the title shadow play ah maybe yeah i was wondering about the uh the title of it because i don't i'm not uh i don't really know about what the term shadow play means other than uh, it's like puppetry, I guess. Hmm. Maybe there's like shadows against a wall. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, yeah, maybe. maybe. Uh, I, I was, cause I was, I, the shadow play. I was like, well, it's nighttime and there's lots of shadows. <laughs> and and, I, and at the very end of the episode, when it all starts again, and the, those lights, it, it's very staged. It's uh-huh. very, it it looks like a play almost the 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 blocking of, of everything, and then the lights come up and the uh the the lights on everyone. The, I don't know. It looks it reminds me of a play. I don't know. That's that's as far as I can <laughs> dig into that. 
Um, I will say I just Googled shadow play. Um, and it says, I, I rambled, I rambled and, and I gave you the opportunity to Perfect. look it up. <laughs> you stalled for me. Teamwork. <laughs> um, but it is, it's still a play. Um, but it is, uh, shadow play is, uh, also known as shadow puppetry. It's an ancient form of storytelling, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that is an interesting, um, I don't know why I didn't look it up earlier. It's the name of the episode, Same. but yeah, the sh- uh, because uh, maybe I'm looking too hard into this, but shadows on the wall are just things that are uh, that are not real but are created by the shadows of our hands and things like that. So it's like created by real things that are a part of us. And I wonder if they're that just makes me want to know more about this guy's real life. <laughs> what sort of real life things? What sort of hands of his real life are creating? <clears throat> the shadows of these dreams. Um, yeah. Like, like, like parts of his, parts of his reality, his, uh, whether to be his memories or people he knows, he's using the, the, their shadows of those memories in yeah. the dream. Maybe we dug too deep, but I think it applies. <laughs> I think we dug just deep enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to end this with more questions than answers. Yes. <laughs> just just like the best uh, Damon Lindelof screenplay. Uh, there, you mentioned camera angles. There's one cut that I really, really like, and it's where he's describing his dream to the other inmate. And then right as he's talking about getting electrocuted, it does like the loud, like kind of scratching noise. Yeah. And then the steaks coming out of the <laughs> oven sizzling. Mm-hmm. And, and and I thought I I don't know how many other shows had done that back back then to have this really cool juxtaposition, uh, but like this is this is it it's it's a shock and then it's meat sizzling yeah uh, so I thought it, that was really cool. it it startled me for sure um, that that stuck out to me too I really like that yeah. um, I I like to ask everybody who comes on the show everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Everybody's been on the show. They're coming on the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, yeah. Do you <laughs> do you have a rating of whatever your your choice is? One to ten. Uh, some people give it chinchilla votes. Um, <laughs> like how many chinchillas out of a million chinchillas? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's Great. whatever, it's whatever rating scale. Yeah. Um, I guess. I guess I have to rate it out of 1 million chinchillas. Okay. Um, I would give it probably 750,000 chinchillas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me, let me do the math on that real Great. fast. Okay. Carry the, carry the chilla. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> that's, you said hundred million or just 1 million? Out of one million. Okay. Okay. So it's right. It's seven point five out of ten. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Yes, but multiplied to a million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, perfect. Yeah. That's that's a really that's a that's a solid score. Uh, what what would have what would it have taken to boost it boost that up to boost say eight hundred thousand chinchillas? Ooh. Um. You know what? 
Maybe it was 800,000 chinchillas. Okay, what it about was... 850? 800... <laughs> okay. Don't get... um, I'll keep raising a bar in your... <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, no, maybe it's still uh, 750,000, 7.5. Because I... I want to know what he wants out of that. What does he want to happen? Yeah. Um, and cause granted he, he wants to not have, uh, that dream anymore, but he's in it. So I think I want to see him like have a better idea of what he wants and to drive for it a little bit more. Cause he also, uh, it seems like he, uh, he doesn't want to be in the dream and he wants to tell people that this is a dream, but to what end? So if they then believe him and they're like, wow, you're right. This is a dream. Um, is that to, so that he gets out or is it so, uh, the dream, maybe then the dream stops. I think I just want to, uh, maybe it's perfect, but maybe I'm being too picky, but I want to know that exact what, what is he hoping the end game is here? Right, right. I think. Uh, I I concur with that. I, I give it I give it eight out of ten volts. Uh, but if <laughs> uh, I'll, so, eight hundred thousand chinchillas too. Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're very similar. Um, yeah, the, the exchange rate is 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 pretty dead <laughs> on. Uh, um, yeah, I think that you know Groundhog Day. We mentioned Groundhog Day before. At some point in time in Groundhog Day, he did it so many times, and he learned his he learned his lesson throughout it uh, to be a to be a better person in the end. Um, I I would have liked to have seen more of him learning his lesson, or learning a lesson, or, or using stuff that he's picking up in his waking hours in order to change his dream or or get whatever he needs out of the dream. So again, we we talk we talk about the prison and. This is what he saw in movies. So this is what he's imagining in his dream. Well, if yeah. he if he goes to a prison in an actual prison to see what death row looks like, what kind of effect would that change in his actual dream? Yeah. You know? Or if he learns law or something. I mean, he's had this dream so many times. Uh in Grandhog Day, there was no uh <laughs> there's no downtime to like figure out how to deal with the same thing happening over and over. Right. But yeah, he has his daytime to figure out a new plan of attack in some way Yeah, to learn new things or. Are, are, out. Are, are there any, are there any, this is a side question. Are there any like movies or television shows where they're trying to solve something in a dream using their waking hours? Is there anything like that? Um, this kind of maybe do do you watch Sherlock? I've seen it. That's the one with uh, Benedict that, Cumberbatch and uh, Martin. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I watched first two seasons. Didn't watch the third series. Third series. <laughs> yeah, they're like hour and a half long episodes, which is basically three movies a season. <laughs> um, it's my favorite show. I can't get enough of it. Um, but they're there's a little bit of him, uh, I guess not in, uh, not something happening in a dream and then going to like solve the mystery, but he does do certain, he has like on time and off time where he's like, 
trying to solve the mystery or he's like in uh actively doing it and then downtime where he is either drugged out and trying to figure out how to how to solve it or he's like just back at his uh his his flat uh trying to figure it out (laughs) gotcha gotcha different levels of sober and uh inebriate that that's where i do my best learning is uh -hmm. deductive logic is when i'm drunk (laughs) yes just like blitz out of my mind that's how i solve all of my mysteries (laughs) except the mystery of where i put my keys that i to this day unsolved yeah um, Brandon, that's why none of your doors are locked. You got to get new keys. Ah, uh, yeah, that's We're all worried about the safety of your house. Um, <laughs> and there's a, there's a sign on my front door that says, just come in. The door is unlocked. You yeah. don't, you got to take that down. That's not, that's not good. No, I, I don't know. I think, I think people see the sign and then they'll say, well, no, it's, he, he must be really confident about his house, his security. You know, I'm going to leave this one alone. Yeah, maybe a like a reverse psychology thing. Yeah. Please come in. I've got lots of cool stuff. <laughs> the door is unlocked. <laughs> I and and just to be safe, I always for me, I always keep a glass of milk and a, a plate of cookies. <laughs> just, Santa could come at any time. That, that, that's right. <laughs> they Santa. have those. Um, there's always like Christmas cards or comics or something that. As soon as Christmas is done, uh, Santa is in Hawaii in his like Hawaiian shirt. Mm-hmm. That's probably what's happening. That's right. That's right. He's, he's, <laughs> where do you think he gets all his presents for the kids? He he steals them from my house <laughs> every year. <laughs> you have a really big toy budget, Brandon. Uh, you know, this podcast makes so much. It does. It makes a lot. Oh, uh, it, oh. Enough to, um, to give... Every child on earth, uh, or every child that celebrates Christmas, um, gifts. And that's, and that's a perfect Twilight Zone episode. It's a, it's a happy one. I think we've written one. Great. We, we're the new writer's room. Writer's room. did it. Virtual five. Yes. Well, you know, I think that's, I think that's a good segue into talking about what you do, uh, you you okay we talked about improv during your uh well during your during our episode talking about shadow play but uh mm-hmm. you've you've been in improv for how long now um i started in college and then i started taking classes at the upright citizens brigade in 2006 okay. so uh officially learning from someone who knows what they're talking about for 11 years. Um, and then doing college improv before then, which was fun, but probably very bad. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and, and you, you've worked with, uh, Jamie Gall, mm-hmm. uh, Carrie, Carrie Poppy. Yep. Carrie's Carrie's Sig- S.O. Right. Mm-hmm. Good uh, old yeah. Uh, uh, oh, I uh, listened to the episode you had with Will Hines on. Yes. Working friends as well. Okay. Great. Great. So you you know you know everybody that's been on the show pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now I know you, and now I know everyone. <laughs> that's, that's right. Hey, everybody. This is Sarah. Hey. <laughs> it's me. Hi, everybody. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask about. Uh, you now you you do you do the live shows. And you also you've also done uh, video content for Funny or Die, 
mm-hmm. the UCB channel itself. I didn't ask Will this, and I, and I meant to, but uh, I want to ask you now because you're okay. here. Is is there a difference between doing improv live? I know I know there's a difference between doing it live and doing it on film. But how mm-hmm. how different is that? Is it is it more difficult or? No, I think it. Um, doing improv live is is much more free because you're creating the entire world, um, uh, based off of um, sometimes an opening or uh, what Cardinal Redbird does. Cardinal Redbird Tuesday nights, eleven o'clock, UCB Franklin. Yes, got, <laughs> got it. it in there. Um, we uh, we do a show called So LA. Uh, because we interview an audience member about something on their IMDb page. Um, and it's so LA because, um, uh, in what world, <laughs> in what city could you ask an audience who here has, uh, an IMDb page <laughs> and a third of the audience at least raises their hands. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, but <laughs> it's super fun. You gotta come, come out to LA. I, I will. Uh, ne- next time, next time I'm in LA, which well, I don't, it'll be next month. It'll be November. Well, Depending on when this episode airs, it'll <laughs> it'll have been in November, twenty seventeen. Great! If you're out on a Tuesday night, we'll get you into the show. Okay. Uh, don't just don't interview. Don't I don't have an IMDb IMDb page, so don't lie to us and tell us you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no promise. And then, uh, but yeah, I think um, live improv is much more free because you are you're you're improvising off of the information that you had in that opening um, and kind of creating that world. But uh, you have that to start with and then you can expand and go all sorts of weird, weird places. Whereas improvising on film or uh, on video is fun, but you're, uh, you're super committed, uh, stuck in with a character. So if I'm um, the manager at a, like uh, an office um, I was in a, a coffee mate commercial, mm-hmm. um, that was super fun. And I was the manager of this coffee mate office, um, and got to improvise a little bit within that, but I still was this character. I can't turn into a giant, uh, dragon at some point, which I try to do in all of my shows <laughs> as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Cause why not? <laughs> well, why not? Why you, if you have the opportunity, you have to turn into a dragon. You got to. This standard mm-hmm. standard fare. <laughs> I uh, I I I looked at your reel. I watched your reel, and oh, cool. the, there's there's one there's one of them where you and another gentleman are scientists, and then mm-hmm. uh, Emmett Smith and oh, it's um two uh, two, two sports players. Yeah, I'm uh, a sports guy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, oh God, why can't I remember their names? Um, Jerry, Jerry Garcia, not Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Garcia. Yeah. Same. Uh, um, I'm looking them up. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. What yeah. was that second one? Sorry. Uh, Shannon Sharp. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not Jerry Garcia, but no. man, it would have been weird and cool if it was. Or or Cherry Garcia. Cherry Garcia. Now that's a commercial I would just. I pay a hundred thousand chinchillas to do <laughs> <laughs> all. And, and you would just in a giant truck, like a dump truck full of chinchillas mm-hmm. and, and empty oh, yeah. them out. Yeah. In a, a kind dump truck. <laughs> They're still comfortable. 
Yes, uh, exactly, exactly right. No chinchillas harmed. <laughs> With like tubes, I think they like tubes. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. Just oh yeah, so, like um, just like like cancer chinchillas. Stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Get a bunch of chinchilla tubes. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> the reason I brought up the the Jerry Jerry Rice and Shan Sharp one was just the at the at the tail end of their oh shoot now f now i completely there's a line at the very tail end of that where oh he's like uh cut that out and then you say uh, we were in charge of the video like we edited the video and then he's like oh okay um well the point of that i messed it up but it, it was funny i laughed out loud thank you and i will I, say that was all improvised Oh. Where he said, cut the tape, and I we like pause for a second, and I say, we're doing this. We're the ones who have to cut the tape. And he's like, oh, yeah. Um, I'll improv. I'll, I'll improv. I'll mm-hmm. improv. And then, and then you cut, and you're like, ooh, nailed it. That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like, we, we did it, you guys. We improvised that one line. Let's all go home. <laughs> um. I want to, getting back in, into Twilight Zone. I know, I know, I'm all over the place with this. Sorry. Fine. You at the start of at the start of this, you said that it's been a while since you watched Twilight Zone. What is what is your experience with Twilight Zone? Like, where does it sit uh, with you? Like, how familiar are you, are are you with it? Um, I have seen episodes here and there. Yeah. Um, but I have not. Um, I've not seen like a. I don't think I've seen like a full season. Um. But I've seen, yeah, there's like, some that have come on TV here and there that I've seen. It like, is always interesting and great. Yeah, like the, like the greatest hits of, of mm-hmm. what, and, and whatever's in the, the social or pop culture consciousness of, of it all. We're like, yeah, mm-hmm. the, uh, the William Shatner episodes, got it. Right. Sure. And the gremlin on the plane, yeah, we all know that one. Yeah. yeah. Simpsons did it, so <laughs> <laughs> we definitely know it. Yeah. If, yeah. if if it's in the first ten season of Simpsons, then we we saw it. We get the mm-hmm. reference. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, how can how can people get a hold of you? How can they check more uh, check more of your stuff out? I know Cardinal Redbird Tuesdays. <laughs> Tuesday nights, eleven o'clock. UCB Franklin. <laughs> uh, great. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Classby, which is C L A S P Y. Um, I'm also, uh, I guess I, um, I have to fix my website, but sarahclassbell.com has a lot of, um, has my reel and some not super updated content, but go there. It's great. It's, oh, it's, uh, it's fantastic. Let me just say it's fantastic. It's so good. It, <laughs> so much, so much stuff there, whether it be recent or from a few years back, it's there. And it's, we got it all. <laughs> all your top Sarah Classbell stuff um i am also in a uh i'm on a character team at ucb that does uh i don't know when this will come out but uh the second wednesday of every month uh i do a character uh character show called characters welcome it's always super fun can can you can you tell us a little bit about that can you sure um tell me tell me me more sure dude um (laughs) it is a (laughs) uh it's a a team of comedians who uh, it's based. the show is just, um, uh, like a four to five minute monologue from each person as a different character. And, um, we rehearse all month for it, pitching different ideas and, 
um, and then performing them and, and refining them and rewriting them uh, every week. I did uh, my first one. I uh, I just posted on Facebook, but I'll uh, I'll probably post it on my website, sarahclassball.com at some point. But it's me as a uh, an entertainment manager who uh, uh, who's talking to her favorite client, and she only wants him to do movies with dogs in them. <laughs> She's all about it. <laughs> Uh, that, that, that's awesome. And, and you, and you worked and you worked for a month refining it, making sure all the dog jokes are in the right place. <laughs> oh, truly. There's a lot of, there's a couple of puns, but it's a, just a lot of dumb jokes, but yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fantastic. And uh, I can't tell, I can't tell you or anybody listening when this is going to air, but hopefully it airs. Hopefully it airs when, and you're still doing that. <laughs> Great. And if not, They'll be on my website, I assume. Sarahclassball.com. Great. Now, now I have to. Yeah. I'm being driven to do so. So it is there. <laughs> yes. Confirm. Uh, yeah. So please, please go to the website at Classby on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram, mm-hmm. and everything you need to know about Sarah, it's there. You got it all. <laughs> you got it all. <laughs> well, well, thank you, thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for sitting through. Uh, this wonderful episode. This oh, this it was a dream. Seven hundred fifty thousand. <gasps> we did it. That was um. That's a thing that I say normally <laughs> to be like, this was a super fun time. I say this is that was a dream. Yeah. But it applies so well. Anyway. I'm, you know, I'm. I might wake up tomorrow and say, did she really say dream? <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but it's blowing my and mind. No way of finding out. But, we'll never know. And then Leo DiCaprio will walk into my bedroom and be like, come on, Brandon, we got to go to school. <laughs> come on, let's play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on thank the show. Thank you for having me. This was super fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, uh, and for everyone else, if you want to get a hold of me, I'm, of course, on Twitter at S4OA underscore podcast i think i always forget that it does it doesn't matter you know just search me out find me uh if you want to hit me up uh s4yapodcast gmail.com and let me know let me know what you think you can leave a review over on any kind of podcast app if you would like but that's not that's not a requirement i just appreciate each and every one of you listening every week when i'm actually releasing a new episode uh and until next time well This is Brandon Cruz. I am Brandon Cruz, and this is Submitted for Your Approval.